you know, in recent recent events with what happened on Monday Night Football, there's going to be a larger emphasis on having personnel like athletic trainers, like strength conditioning coaches, to make sure that we're safe. And I think that that needs to be an eye-opening experience for people because I tell our kids this all the time, like, hey, this is this is a dangerous room. Like this is this is probably the only room in our building that you could die in. And welcome back to another episode of the Conjugal Chats. Before going on into the episode, I want to thank our sponsors, starting with the DOYSC, the Department of Young Strength Coaches. This group is designed for young strength coaches wanting to go into the field of strength conditioning. Whether that's CSCS prep, GA, or internship opportunity, or even live discussions, they are a resource that young coaches need to take advantage of. I will put the link to the Discord in the description of this episode. Also, Team Builder is a software for performance coaches around the world. Their powerhouse platform provides coaches with an LA experience when it comes to program development, tracking data, and staying connected with athletes and clients. Team Builder is full of tools that coaches need, multiple training maxes, uh, 16 plus reports, evaluation testing, and goal setting, to name a few. Coaches also have the access to consultations with Team Builder's in-house sports scientists to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up with the promo code CONJUGATE to receive a 30-day free trial as well as a 52-week football workout program. So please be sure to like, rate, subscribe, and even share this podcast with a fellow coach or a fellow in iron. I am your host, John Mark Raspberry, current strength coach over at Bolivar Central High School. And, um, well, I'm really not the one going to be doing this podcast episode today, or at least hosting it. Um, I have the infamous Monty Sparkman, Twitter famous Monty Sparkman, uh, hosting uh, today's episode of the Conjugate Chat. And so I'll let him introduce himself, and I'll let him introduce our guests as well. Oh, my goodness. Twitter famous. I'm going to have to take that off of uh, off of my bio, I guess. But uh, definitely not famous. Uh, but, yeah, I'm your host. Monty Sparkman, I'm the uh, head strength coach at Azel High School, and uh, excited to be here, excited to uh, host uh, or talk alongside my friend Dalton Pearson, and uh, we'll let Dalton go ahead. Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us uh, where you're at and kind of what you've been up to? Um, well, uh, it's great being here. Um, I really uh, am blessed to be a part of this. Uh, this has become very quickly one of my favorite podcasts. Um, mainly because I feel like it's so relevant to what I do. Um, but I am the head football coach and strength conditioning coach at Grimsley Junior High, which is a feeder into Bentonville West High School in Bentonville, Arkansas. Um, I also work with our boys basketball team at Grimsley, as well as some of the track athletes or most of the track athletes and I also program for the soccer programs at Benville West. Um, so this is my, I think, eighth or ninth year in being a professional paid coach and not just a guy that works at a gym under a strength coach. So um, I guess all in all, this is probably like year 11 or 12 being a quote unquote coach in some form or fashion. Um, so and Grimsley's, I think, my fifth school to be at. And I've been at little schools. Um, Bentonville West is a 7A 
school in Arkansas uh, for football. And so that's our largest classification. Um, we've got about, um, I'd say, 650 to 700 kids graduating every year. So if that kind of gives you a ballpark idea uh, to show you kind of how big our school is. Um, and that's the second high school in our district. So we've got two high schools uh, in our district. And I, I kind of affectionately call the other high school exactly that. I call it the other high school. Uh, it's kind of a Michigan-Ohio State rivalry type deal. So um, I try not to give them uh, as much hoopla um, as I can, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Those those cross-town rivalries are big time, man. And, uh, and I totally understand not wanting to uh, to give them the energy. <laughs> it's I heated. It, I mean, it's one of the most – uh heated uh i don't know toxic seems like a very trendy word but um it, it's it's a we don't like them they don't like us and there's not a lot of uh remorse for it either <laughs> there, there's nothing wrong with a healthy rivalry that brings out maybe the best and the worst in everybody <laughs> yeah no and it's great and like there's I mean, everybody has bad experiences everywhere, but like, there's also been good experiences too. You know, um, iron sharpens iron. You know, every superhero needs a villain, right? We want to beat them, and you know, it's January. You have to find a way to get better. You know, I I lose sleep in January trying to figure out how to beat those guys. Um, And yeah, I mean, when it matters that much to you. And that's in any sport. Like we, we are, we go to the basketball games. We go to baseball. We go to, uh, obviously, we go to the football games that I help out with. Um, but like, I mean, we we want to beat them at everything, and they want to beat us at everything. So, no, that's great, man. That's great. Before we dive into kind of the meat potatoes, give us just a a cliff's notes. If anybody remembers what Cliff's Notes is, maybe I'm dating my age here. <laughs> give us, give us a, a, a under five minute overview of kind of how how you program, what your philosophy is, and how you're trying to accomplish that within the arena that is middle school athletics. So in in our in our junior high, which is seventh eighth grade, most of the time that's middle school um, in a lot of districts. Every sport, with the exception, depending upon how you look at it, of cross country, is a power sport. We have basketball, we have volleyball, we have cheer and dance, we have football, um, we have track and field, and and in Bentonville we have a mountain biking team. Uh, it's a big deal here, but all of those are power sports. You know, th- those are all sports that require coordination, tremendous neurological input and tremendous strength. And so when we would, we program for those athletes, the first thing that we're looking for is, are they able to control their body within the ranges of motion that their sport calls for you know and so mobility and stability are the two or is the two things that we focus on first because if you're not mobile enough to perform your sport safely 
that puts you at an injury risk. If you're not stable enough within those ranges of motion, then that's also going to put you at a risk for injury. And so, um, you know, and you've got kids on both ends of the spectrum. You have your hypermobile kids and your super tight kids. And so we we look at and try to assess that really quickly with our kids. And a lot of that's done with just basic body movements um, and just meeting them kind of where they're at. Um, we get a lot of kids, um, especially in the football program. I kind of I call it Coach Pearson's Home for Lost Boys because we're the only program that doesn't cut anybody in our district. You know, and so if you're if you're tough enough and in some cases dumb enough to stick it out, like we want you like we want you to be there. We want you to be a part and, and we take everybody. So you get in this huge array of kids. You've got some kids that are going to be your best athletes in the school. And then you've got some kids that they've never been a part of an organized sport in their entire life. And so you've got to be able to design something that gets something out of both of those people. And there's going to be certain times where you know, it's going to be a little too challenging for this kid, or it's going to be boring for this other kid. And then you also have to speak into that and say, Hey, like, sometimes it's not about you. It's about your teammates. And and then you have to grow within that, you know? And so you start talking about the um, emotional, social aspect of things. And so it gives us a great opportunity to work on both of those things at the same time. So mobility, stability, um initially and then we're looking for um proper movement i want them to be able to move through space how their body's designed to do that you know so what does that um, look so they've like? got to be able to hold a correct posture what does that look like you know it's january so you've been with those seventh graders who who again are very unique individuals and then you have your eighth graders who are preparing to go into the high school model. What does that look like? How is that set up for that seventh grader? And then what does that look like for the eighth grader that um, has been in your program for a while? And, and like I said, is getting ready to, to make that jump to high school. So for that seventh grader, so in Arkansas, we can get those seventh graders in June. Okay, so those those sixth graders are going into seventh grade. We see them the uh, usually the second week of June because I need a week away from people. People need a week away from me, and so we get them then. And I don't really want to see them until then. So we get them then, and it's baseline. We we've got you know milk crates, and we're going to put them in front of a wall and have them face the wall, and you're going to body weight squat to that milk crate. And then, you know, we've got a kind of two-year overall guideline game plan for those guys to where they're going to progress through a series of exercises. So we'll just go through squat, right? Okay, so we're going to start with a what we call a wall squat, where you're two inches away from the wall, facing the wall, and you have to learn how to get your hips back, knees out, toes pointed out, and you have to sit down to a milk crate, you know, and those milk crates aren't very tall. And for a lot of those kids, that's the first time that they have ever sat down. And, and we tell them, hey, this is a squat. And all a squat is, is learning how to sit down and stand up with control of your body. You know, and a lot of kids have never done it before. They just plop down on the box and it's like, nope, you can't fall. You have to sit. 
And then you've got some kids that they go down and they think they're fixing to hit the milk crate and they've still got three or four inches to travel, you know? And so they're, they're having to learn how to actually sit down for the first time and control their body and create their own space. You know, a lot of initial movements that we have with that are going to be knees shoot straight out. And what happens is we have a problem with getting them to load properly in their hips because of that. So um, that's the first movement. And then we'll give them a counterweight. So they'll either hold it out um, in front of them once they learn how to create that space and sit down properly to a box. And then we'll gobble squat them and we'll gobble squat um, until we feel like everybody has that kind of fundamental body movement down. And then we will move to an empty bar front squat. And I, I have a very heavy powerlifting background of when my kind of traditional, I say traditional education of the iron game started. Uh, the two guys that probably made the earliest, biggest impact on me were two powerlifters. And so I love the back squat. And I, I, especially early in my career, I love the back squat. And then I get this job and it's in the middle of COVID. And we can't have people around each other. And so we can't have spotters and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm, I can't back squat a seventh grader without a spotter. And so I said, all right, well, we're just going to front squat the mess out of kids and we'll just see what happens. And it, it turned out fine. And, I, and that was a learning thing for me of like, hey, don't be married to the exercise be married to the movement and be married to the force equation. Are they generating force? Are, are we adding mass to that equation or are we adding speed to that equation? And if we're doing those things, then the overall goal is going to be to generate force and they're going to do that. And so I don't back squat seventh grade until the very end of seventh grade going into their eighth grade summer. So the summer between seventh and eighth grade. Um, and that blows a lot of people's minds. Um, and I, especially in Arkansas, because, you know, kind of how I grew up, it was, you got done with football season and then the next week you play some games. And then the week after that, they're going to go into the weight room and they're going to show you how to do bench press, incline press, power clean and back squat all in the same day and expect everybody to do it, you know? And it's like, looking back, it's like, holy moly, like, there's a wonder why my shoulders are all jacked up. You know, it's because there wasn't a progression there. There wasn't a sequence of events that made things better. So, um, so we're going to front squat the mess out of those kids. Um, and our track kids, uh, it's probably all they're going to do because that's what our track program does in the high school. They're more of a front squat loaded program. And, um, I'll teach them to back squat because I want them to know that they can. And I want to make sure that somebody teaches them a safe way to do that. Um, but it's not going to be something that we program a lot for them. Now, the football team, once we get to that eighth grade summer, they're going to back squat. We'll front squat some as an accessory, but we'll, we'll back squat a bunch. And then I feel like at that point, you know, when they get to ninth grade, when they get to 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade, that's when you start to adjust and do some accommodating resistance. You start doing chains, you start doing bands, pulling up, pulling down and things like that. And I think that's when that's appropriate if you have the setup to do that. Um, 
And now I've done, I like bands pulling up for middle school kids because it teaches them how to get deep in the squat and still feel comfortable coming up hard and fast. Um, but a lot of middle schools don't have that kind of setup. So uh, to kind of bring it back, uh, that's that's what we do. And then we categorize all of our body movements. And so, you know, we don't, we don't say, hey, we're going to bench press. We say we're going to have a horizontal press. And then we define those exercises and how they fit into those categories in a progression. And we don't move them up that progression until they're ready. And some of those progressions are based on like a team type goal. And some of them are based on individual goals. Um, you know, uh, every dad and every kid, when they walk into seventh grade, hey, when are we going to start bench pressing? Well, it's going to be a while because we're going to start off with a push up. And some of you are going to be on the wall doing an incline push-up. Some of you are going to be on your knees, you know, and we're going to do that for probably two or three weeks because I need to make sure that your shoulder girdle, elbows are stacked over your hands and that you do the body movement the correct way. And then we're going to go to plate press or what I call plate press. And you can do that on the floor. You can do it on a bench. And um, we're going to start with a 25-pound plate. And if you can do that for a set of 10, the next set, you can do use a 35-pound plate. Um, you know, and I've got a good buddy named John Simmons, and he's at Marion, Arkansas, and he hates 35-pound plates. But I'm like, man, I love having that 35-pound plate in the middle school because a 25-pound plate and a 45-pound plate, that's a big jump for some of those kids. Like, that's half, that's a quarter of some of their body weights. And so to go from being able to go from 25 to a 35, for a set of 10 is a big jump for some of those kids. And then when everybody in on our football team can plate press a 45 pound plate, we will go do bench press and then we'll start with close grip and we'll work our way out. Um, but I mean, we live with plate press. I think this year it wasn't until the week eight or nine of, of football season before we touch the straight bar with a horizontal press with our seventh graders, because two 45s and, a, and uh, a bumper 10 in their hands and they're hitting it for sets of 10. And that's fine. That kid's getting what he needs. I mean, he's plate pressing a hundred pounds and or over a hundred pounds. We had a kid, uh, he's an eighth grader. Now he had three forty fives stacked pushing it, you know, and, and if a kid can do that, he's not going to have a problem with bench press and he's still going to be getting strong, but it allows us to kind of make sure everybody gets what they need without overloading the kids that aren't quite there yet. So it allows so us to meet said, everybody where they're at. So what you just said was, was kind of intriguing to me. So you'll have them now, are they on a bench? Are they doing like a floor press or, or what is that? You can do either either um we we traditionally do it on a bench press but um so our junior high was created the year of covid um and with that um and i screamed and hollered a whole bunch over this um and hopefully didn't ruin too many relationships but um our weight room situation was a disaster you know and here i am uh a, a strength coach and a guy who loves the gym and and 
I want what's best for my athlete. So I want them in there from the day one. And half my racks don't have the storage on them. We're having to borrow weights from the, the high school. Um, we've just got hodgepodge stuff around and we've got eight benches. We've got eight racks and I've got 110 football players and they all have the same athletic period. And so it's like, well, how do we, how are we going to do this? So when we did play press our first year, we, we did it on the floor because we didn't have extra benches. You know, we didn't have 16. Because you got a whole lot do. of floor. No, that, that makes complete sense. Yeah. That, that makes complete sense. And, and, and I remember, those conversations, you know, when you were going through that and, and, uh, and maybe at the end of this thing, if we get time, you can talk about, because now it's a, I mean, you've got to set up pretty nice. Um, it's, it's taken a lot, but what we, at this point, it's, I finally can walk in there and I take a deep breath and I can say, all right, we're, we're functional. Like we, for the number of kids that we have, we have enough implements in the room to where everybody's doing something and everybody is getting the medicine that they need. And I, I didn't necessarily feel like that we had that our first two years. But going into year three, I finally feel like, hey, we're getting close. Now, I've got some monsters this year that I'm starting to run out of weights again. Uh, and it's just because we're blessed to have some guys that they love the weight room and they love picking up heavy stuff and they're good at it. And um, so, but... But I finally feel like for a year in, year out, junior high, middle school, we finally have enough implements. But, I mean, we've had to fundraise close to $20,000 to do that, you know, to buy enough kettlebells and dumbbells. And, um, you know, we've we've finally gotten some basic technology, what I feel like is basic in a way of this is what you need in today's time to run an effective strength conditioning program. Um so it's it's been a while. So take us through, let's say general general off season. So let's say February. You know, you're kind of rolling. You've been rolling for a while. Yeah. What's a typical week look like for your athletes? Like what 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 does that breakdown look like from a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday? Schedule. Gotcha. So we have what's called block scheduling. So I get them on what we call a days so mondays wednesdays and every other friday are going to be a days tuesdays and thursdays and every other friday are going to be b days so we get our football track basketball athletes um monday wednesday friday um i i like kind of heavy loading it on the front end um, and so there's going to be supersets with those stations. So for every hinge, we're going to have a, what we call a trunk flexion. Uh, that way we kind of loosen up their lower back. That way I don't have somebody's mama email me about why is my baby's back hurt when you're doing deadlift. Um, and then we'll either pair it with some sort of shrug or we'll pair it with a, um, plyometric, uh, a low volume plyometric, um, and then our horizontal press, um, it will most likely be bench press, whether it's close grip or regular, what we call regular grip. Um, and we'll have a horizontal pull, which is usually in the form of a dumbbell or kettlebell bent over row. 
and then we'll have a isometric shrug or we'll have a static um, ab or what we call a trunk extension. Then the other half, they're going to have anywhere between three and four or maybe even five, depending upon our numbers, stations they'll rotate through. Okay, and they'll be anywhere between five to seven minutes at a station. And so um, we kind of have two tier one exercises. They'll do one or for our eighth grade that's in there. So they'll do one tier one and then the other tier one. And then there'll be a tier two, tier three, tier four, possibly tier five exercises on the rotations. So we'll have another hinge. We'll have another horizontal press, and that could be in the form of, say, a dumbbell Romanian deadlift, or it could be a kettlebell swing or something of that nature paired with another trunk flexion. And we'll say, um, you know, another trunk extension. And then we'll have push-ups or floor press, or um, we can do... Um, we've, we've got some new med balls in, we've got about 30 med balls now. Um, so we might end up doing some high velocity horizontal pushes into a wall with those med balls, um, paired with some more horizontal pulls and things like that. And then that, that tier four, tier five station, we're going to have a GPP station. So we're doing overhead carries. We're doing farmer's carries, suitcase carries. We're doing walking lunges with broad jumps outside. And we, it's not a great setup, but we've figured out a way to be pretty efficient with transitions. Um, and the, my football staff uh, and the staff that we have, they do a great job of keeping those kids on task and rotating through and all those things. So that that's a Monday. And then on two that we call seminar and they can go if, if they need to get pulled to do math or science or English or finish a test or retake a test or whatever, they can do that. But if they don't have to go do that, we have them and we either do character development where we'll talk about the fundamentals of listening or different attitude concepts or selflessness concepts or toughness concepts um, that, that identify with our core values um, on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, we'll come back in with them and we will um, have a focus on um, either a squat. If it's a two day week, like if I, if we have a B day on Friday and I've only got them Monday and Wednesday, it'll be a squat and a, a horizontal press. And then we'll have um, some other stations that focus primarily on squat in those tier three, four, five. So we might have a single leg variation where it might be front foot or rear foot elevated, or we might just have a goblet squat with a ISO hold pause at the bottom, um, things like that. Or we'll have um, a vertical press station um, out there. So we'll have vertical plate press. Um, that's usually the implement that we have enough of to be able to do that. And then we'll have another GPP station. So we'll have another version of a carry, whether it be a strongman carry where they're holding it uh, um, on their chest. And then we'll do, you know, some mobility. So we might have hurdles set up to where we're going through different hurdle uh, mobility things and things like that. 
And then if we have them a third day, um, that Wednesday will be more of an upper body vertical press uh, workout. And then um, that Friday will be a big squat Friday type deal. Um, and that kind of creates some complications, not knowing that I'm going to have them three days a week. It'll be some two days a week, some three days a week. Um, but our kids do a great job of uh, being adaptable to that. And they can kind of understand that now. Um, but then the biggest thing, too, for us, especially uh, as far as football goes at our middle school, we'll bring our kids in on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings from uh, we drop off times at 630. We'll start about 645. And that's when we do a lot of our speed training. Um, my offensive coordinator, he's a USA track uh, coach official uh his name's rex fuel and he does an unbelievable job he um he comes from the dallas fort worth area up here uh to us he, his family moved here a few years ago and we got we were lucky enough to hire him he's been a huge blessing for us uh because he takes care of a lot of our plyometric and speed training um and we i i was i I think one of the best things that you can do as a strength coach or a football coach too is go find somebody who's really good and see whether they're good because of who they have or because of what they do. And then you need to, if it's because it is what they do, you need to steal it. And so Kyle Keese at Denton Geyer, they used to grid and, and I've talked to him several times uh, about it. And like when I was doing everything, that's what we did, like almost to a T. We're going to do the grid. We're going to set out the cones. We're going to do all this stuff. And I thought it was great because you can do it inside. And here in January, February, March, April, it's like living in the northwest corner of the country because that jet stream dips down and it brings all kinds of moisture and it's always wet and it's always um, my players, if they hear this, they're going to they're gonna make me do push-ups. It's cold. I don't allow our kids to say it's cold. We we say we're having wonderful weather today. Um, and everybody knows what you mean because we're all experiencing the same weather. Um, and so it, we can't always go outside. And so using the grid, we can we can be inside and we can still get a lot of work done and stuff. Um, and Rex does a great job of incorporating the crawling, different aspects, the games of, you know, tag games and things like that to where we can react. react um, so we do that Tuesdays and Thursday mornings. And within one of those days during the week, uh, we'll do football skills. And then the other day we're going to lift because I want to make sure that we get a lift in with those kids because we'll get snow, we'll get ice, we'll get um, just different things that make us to where we'll be out of school. And we, a couple years ago, when the, the huge ice storm, snowstorm came through the South and Texas was without power and, you know, it drops down to negative four for about three days. Um, you know, we had like a couple of weeks where, you know, we were in and out of school and we ended up looking up and it had been a month since some of our kids had squatted, you know, and it's like, we can't have that. So um, if we started saying, hey, if, if we've got them in the morning and we're here, one of those days of the week, we've got to be able to lift because those kids development is more important than them catching and throwing the ball because we're going to throw a thousand footballs at them in the summertime. They're going to know how to catch. They're going to know how to do all the things that we do. So, but now it's more important that they're for a half a decade. And 
I'm going to have to use that time to make you the best athlete possible. You'll learn the sport throughout that, no matter what. But there's certain things that have to get done now with your athletic development that will help you in your sport now, but it will pay huge dividends in the future when you're a junior and you're a senior, or if you are lucky or blessed enough to go and play in college. So um, that's kind of a normal week for us. It's hectic. It takes a lot of planning um, and a lot of organization on our part because at our junior high, we've got 200 male athletes. Um, we have almost a thousand kids in the two grades. Um, and so, and my, my football staff, we're four guys. I share two of those guys with um, track and basketball. Um, and so we don't have a lot of manpower. And so because of that, we have to be very, very organized. Uh, we have to plan ahead and it has to be very detail oriented. That way, when we get to the actual training session, we aren't overwhelmed with an organization and we can actually modify and adjust better because we're so organized on the front end. No, that's really good, man. That's, that's a lot of good detail. Um, and I appreciate that. Let's, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about how do you transition them going into high school? Is there, cause I'm not sure. I know. I mean, you and I talk a lot, you know, we're friends or whatever. Um, do they have a strength coach up at the high school? And, and so what does that, what does that communication look like? I'm probably going to, going to push some buttons here and that's fine. I said, I'm asking hard <laughs> that's questions, right. but, but you know, when yeah. you're talking about aligning, you know, from middle school up into high school, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, when I was a middle school coach, you know, I felt like it was my job to get them ready for, for what they were going to do up there. I mean, what, is there any communication? What, what, what does that look like? So, and I, and I, it's not like this everywhere in Arkansas, but at the majority of places in Arkansas, it's still seen as, well, we've never done it that way, or we haven't had that in the past and we've still been successful. So we don't really see the, it's not an immediate need to have a strength coach. Now there are some places that do, um, you know, Gravit has uh, Matt Rhodes. Um, he he's a guy that's recently come into Arkansas. Um, there is Austin Warford at uh, Malvern, Arkansas. They just won a state championship in football. Bryant has had one for close to six years, um, and they're fifty three and zero in football in the state of Arkansas. So it's it's hard to um, say that that's not a big part of why they're successful. Um, and then, you know, their head football coach, um, who is the guy, they hired Buck James and his first move was to hire a strength coach anywhere, anytime he goes and talks at a clinic because of how successful they are. The first 15 minutes, he's talking about squat. He's not talking about football. He's talking about the weight room. He's talking about why that is the reason why they win. Um, Cabot, has two certified strength coaches. Um, and I believe that they're looking to hire another one. Um, Batesville, Arkansas has Price Holmes. Marion, Arkansas has John Simmons. I mean, there there are places that have them, but it's not a lot. Um, and we are not blessed to have one at the high school level that's paid. Um, I 
like I said, I program for our soccer teams and then I'll somewhat advise the football program uh, with what I feel like they need to do. And I'll run their Saturday morning JV sessions uh, because I'm available and I like it. And I love being up there with them and being with the kids and building those relationships with them. Um, but it's not something that is an immediate priority to the authority, if that makes sense. I mean, I know that kind of rhymes and that's kind of a, um, a lyrical thing to say, but it, it's not a priority to the ones that are in authority right now. And I, I hope that that changes in the near future. But um, as of right now, it's that's not. What so, it they is. Have, and, so they have a coaching um, staff so, who writes whatever they do or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they, the coaches that are there, they, they do the best they can with what they know and what they've done before. And, um, but it's, it's far from ideal. Um, so what, what I try to do is, is, and especially early on when we first got here and Grimsley was built and all those things, um, and because we're the direct feeder into there and, and we're the only ones, I, I want to make that transition as smooth as possible. And so I went to the head track coach, hey, how do you program for your athletes? What are they expected to know? How do you want them to know it? And I will make that happen. To so the basketball coach, hey, how do you want this done? What What are you looking for? Football coach, hey, how do you want this done? What are you looking for? And then give them what they want, how I want it. And so, you know, all of our high school teams are a lot more Olympic lifting oriented than I am. Um, but what I do is I'll give our kids a great foundational education in just their physical preparedness. I will build a base of strength and then I'll give them the bits and pieces of those Olympic movements. So we don't overhead squat at Grimsley with a bar, but they're going to overhead carry. They're going to overhead body weight squat. They're going to learn how to contract their shoulders and stabilize their AC joints and lock out their elbows and all of those things. We're going to high pull. We're going to do all of the variations of those smaller lifts or not smaller, but uh, Olympic lifts, all of the small things in order to where when they go to the high school and they get to those coaches, hey, we're going to power clean or we're going to hang clean or we're going to overhead squat. Those coaches can just say, hey, it's just like that, but you just add those two things together or, hey, it's just like this, but it just has this slight variation. and. It's worked great from, and by great, I mean, it's worked as effectively as anywhere else I've been from me transitioning athletes to the varsity level. And so I don't know if this is cool or not, but to me, from a, from a scientific standpoint, it's interesting. So we're the primary feeder, but there is another junior high in our district that feeds some of their kids into Bentonville West. And it stinks for those kids because they don't have a certified strength coach that works with them. There's a distinct difference between the kids that we send that work with our staff and work with our coaches at Grimsley versus the other school, because there's not an emphasis on training them physically to be prepared for it. If that makes sense. 
Now they've squatted, they've bench pressed, they they know the the bro style of whatever it is that they are doing, but they're not physically prepared to perform at a high uh, efficacy of technique, if that makes sense. Um, and you know, their coach, the, the varsity coaches. This is not just my opinion. Of the varsity coaches come to me and say, "Hey." your kids know what to do and how to do it. And we use your kids as an example, not just to that we're going through school before Grimsley was created. Hey, this is how you do this. And they, they use our kids as the example. And so it, it's a huge compliment to me when, when they say that. Um, and, and our kids go up there and they love the weight room. You know, we get to have the advantage of using the this is how it's always been to our advantage instead of a disadvantage. You know, our kids, when they go to high school, they're not grabbing and complaining about working out the day before a game or working out the day of a game because that's what we did at Grimsley. They don't know any better. They don't know any different. So it gives us a huge advantage on our athletic development side of things to start it there. That way, when they get to the varsity level, they're prepared for that. I will say this, like I said earlier, like I would say, you know, 85, 90% of schools don't have a certified strength coach and aren't looking to get a certified strength coach, but that is starting to change. You know, it's just not changing to a level that I feel comfortable with sending a kid. Like if I had a child and I knew they were going into a weight room and if I heard some of the things that ha happen at schools, like I'm suing the school and I'm going to win because you don't have somebody certified in there, you know? Um, but I do feel like it's changing. There, there's going to be a switch. And especially, you know, in recent, recent events with what happened on Monday night football, there's going to be a larger emphasis on having personnel like athletic trainers, like strength conditioning coaches to make sure that we're safe. And I think that that needs to be an eye-opening experience for people because I tell our kids this all the time, like, hey, this is this is a dangerous room. Like this is this is probably the only room in our building that you could die in. And I need you to make sure that you do certain things a certain way. But if you don't have somebody that knows how to do that certain way to teach those kids, you're you're putting yourself at a liability. And you know, it you shouldn't have to have something tragic happen to a child or to a player in order to put forth your best effort to have the best practice. If that makes sense from a clinical oh, standpoint, best, best practice. And, and, and so, and so, well, we'll just stop there because I think that's a whole different podcast when you talk about. Oh, it, you can talk about that for hours. <laughs> yeah. You know, how do you, you know, continue to to promote the importance of of a qualified coach? Yeah, that, that that's a whole different deal. So we'll we'll, we'll stop that. But all right, man, I've got to ask because we're on the air. Talk to me about the scooter that you grab to work every day. Heck yeah. Um, okay, so when I was in high school, uh, Tom Hanks came out with a movie. And I can't remember it, 
for the life of me right now what the title is. But basically, he's a middle. No, <laughs> he's a middle aged guy, and he's going back to school. Like he he's like a non trad college kid, college guy, and he's he's kind of in a rough part in his life. You know, he's getting a divorce and all this kind of stuff. But he so he has to end up selling his vehicle because he can't afford to put gas in it. It's like this huge van, and he, like there's a scene where he's filling it up, and it's costing him like. 120 bucks and it's like the last 120 dollars he has and then all of a sudden there's this guy he just zips up on a little vespa parks it fills it up puts like three dollars in it and then like takes off and he's still holding his his gas hose to fill it up and he just gets mad and he's like i'm selling this thing and he uh burnt uh, not bernie mac um cedric the entertainer is his neighbor and he, he constantly has this yard sale going on and in the yard sale, he has a scooter. And so he goes over, he buys the scooter, and uh, he just drives the scooter. And I thought, man, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And so in high school, I was like, I want a scooter so bad. And in college, I got a little 50cc uh, Honda Metropolitan, you know, a little European-looking scooter. And I drove the mess out of that thing. Um, it actually ended up getting stolen. Uh, but... Um, but I drove it all over the place mm -hmm. and, um, I've, I've just, I just love scooters. Um, so I, I now have a Honda I've upgraded. I have a Honda ADV 150. Um, it, it gets up to 65 miles an hour. Um, if I, you know, lean forward, um, and it gets about 80 miles to the gallon and I'll drive it. As long as there's not precipitation on the road, I will drive it. Um, I've got um, some great mittens. Uh, I've got some like Cabela's Gore-Tex mittens that I'll wear. Um, and it'll be, tw it'll be 20 degrees up here. And I'm scooting to work uh, 5 o'clock in the morning. And, um, and I'll drive it. My parents live about an hour and a half away. And I'll ride that thing down through all the windy roads of Arkansas and, and, um, I'll, I'll take that thing anywhere. So I look like I went, uh, back home. <clears throat> I went back home and kind of camped, kind of camped. Uh, and I had two Duluth duff, like not duffels, but two packs, like these huge packs. Like you can put three or four duffel bags in these packs. And I had that thing stacked up back behind me running it down the highway i looked like the grinch that stole christmas off the old cartoon i just had stuff just packed up behind me that is on hilarious. the scooter but i love it man i i call it an urban assault vehicle because you can just get to anywhere <laughs> super fast and i love it oh man that's that's, that's i love scooters all right so what's i, I had another buddy had a uh, buddy last night he's like you just you need to get a motorcycle. And I'm like, man, I just like scooters. Like, and it's funny. Like you got, I mean, I think it's a lot of why I like it is because of the juxtaposition. Like you've got this strength coach, linebackers, coach, defensive coordinator guy that screams and hollers. And then when he goes home, he rides a little thing that mm, sounds like that. I think it's funny. And so <laughs> I just, I love it. Well, but, but, and, and so, so, so people know you live what a couple miles from the school. Like it's not very far. Yeah, I live like uh, two miles from my junior high and a mile from a high school. Yeah, and so, so I, right I'm not. It's not like you're yeah. traversing. No, major. I'm not trekking it. No.
<clears throat> so, and when they finish the housing development next to me, it'll be even quicker. I'll, I'll just it'll be almost, almost a straight line. I'll get there in like two minutes. So, it's awesome. So, talk about what's what's next. What's what's something you're learning or want to learn or have learned lately, or or a book or 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 you know talk about talk about kind of you know you know what's on the horizon for you for you either professionally or emotionally or you know what's 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 one thing you're trying to learn uh to help improve yourself um i've, I've really within the last year become really interested in the velocity based stuff um whether it be with sprinting or with our movement and things like that. Um, I think, you know, too much of a good thing could be a bad thing at a certain point because kids do need to strain. Um, but I do think that at times strength coaches have left a lot of meat on the table chasing a max and not worrying about how fast it moves. You know, um, we've got a kid and he's, he's one of the best athletes I've ever coached. Um, he's just gifted and he's fast and he decelerates really well and he puts his body in good positions. And so the only place I can get him to struggle is in the weight room when I put a lot of weight on him. But a lot of my kids aren't like that. I mean, he's one of 120 that are like that. The rest of them are slow and they don't decelerate well. And so while they do need to be strong, they also need to make sure that they understand, hey, it's not just about the weight that's on the bar or how heavy the goblet squat is. It's about how fast I can move it. And, you know, we'll talk about, I'll write it on the board and we'll talk about the force equation and we'll talk about why that's just as an equal part of, of generating force as the mass of the equation is. So, um, you know, I've, I've kind of looked at different ways that we could functionally do that um, from a, you know, grand scheme standpoint. Um, we bought a dasher system this past year, which I, I love. I think it's, a, I think it's a pretty good and easy system. Um, you know, I was listening to this podcast the other day and, and uh, Michael Boyle is not a huge fan of it, but I also paid a lot more and I feel like a noodle now because he, he just has the, the, uh, the rodeo arena system. And I think that costs like three times less than what I paid. And so I was like, Oh man, I wish I had known that that was the case beforehand. I probably, no, that way I, you did, know, I love our dasher system, man. Yeah. Do we, I, I mean, I, I remember calling you and saying, Hey, what do you use? Do you like it? What do you not like about it? And all that kind of stuff. And what I like about it is that, and I don't get paid by dasher. They're not paying me any money. Um, <laughs> But what I like about it is, is my kid doesn't have to do anything different than, hey, start here and run as fast as you can. Like, that's all he has to do. You know, all of the setup is on me, and that's how I want it for my athlete. I want him to know. I just want to tell you, hey, I want you to work at this intensity, and I want you to do the best you can. And that's all he needs to ever worry about. I need to be the one that manipulates and changes all of the different variables to make him be better. Now, does he need to know the why and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, he does. And he'll be better for it if he does. But if he doesn't care, then it shouldn't matter. So that's what I like about the Dasher. It's simple. That guy, he just goes. Um, 
We also purchased a couple of Titan GPS units uh, that I'm excited about. Um, I'm hoping to order some more here pretty soon. Um, you know, we've got 120 football players. I'd like to get somewhere close to about 10 units um, to where just so that we can better program, not just speed training and things like that, but practice for those kids. You know, are they getting enough volume with what we're asking them to do on the field? Are are they getting too much volume um, and things like that? So just to kind of help give us a better idea of what we can do better for them as far as practice programming and things like that. Um, books. I, I do love to read. Um, and uh, I was talking to uh, Raspberry the other day. I, and I was looking through all the electronic books that I have and I'm like, man, I have got more reading material that I probably have enough time left to read it all. And so um, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to start reading. Um, I'm probably going to start diving back into some older stuff just because I feel like it's, it's always good to you need to look at what's kind of trending and see if it has merit, but you also can't get too far away of what is the foundation. You know, you, you need to stick with what is traditionally made people successful. Um, so I'll probably dive into something like dinosaur training or, um, you know, reread five, three, one and things like that. Awesome, man. No, that's, that's, that's really good stuff. And, and, I'm going to be honest, when, when when we're talking about middle school training, we're talking about training that type of athlete, you've mentioned speed training, lasers, mm-hmm. dominating resistance, and now GPS at the middle <laughs> school level. Yes. I mean, there's colleges that don't have that. No, you're right. Well, okay, so and for <sighs> Bentonville – it's a different place. And Bentonville is not like the rest of Arkansas. Um, like I said, this is my fifth school to be at. And Bentonville, you know, we live in the Walmart bubble. This is where Walmart started, created. This is where headquarters is. Um, I, I We jokingly talked about the Broncos earlier. I'm all for the Broncos making the move and becoming the Bentonville Broncos. I think that would be cool. Um, I think. I might jump ship on the Cowboys at that point because <laughs> they drive me crazy, but um, it's different up here. There's more money up here than I think some people honestly know what to do with um, or have vision for. And, but with that being said, we can, I feel like, it's my job as a steward of a program and of so many athletes that if I'm not looking to do what's best for them from a technology standpoint or from a scientific standpoint, I'm doing a disservice to them. I'm not being a good steward of what has been given to me. And so my vision is that if I'm at a middle school and I'm looking at GPS data and I'm using a dasher system and our kids are bigger and stronger. And you're at a varsity level and in a somewhat similar area and you're not doing that. That's on you, man. Like I'm, I'm not going to feel bad for giving my kids what's best. And 
uh, you know, my, my head coach one time, he basically, he was in a situation where another head coach was talking to him and he said, you know, it's not my fault. Your team is bad. You know, I want to do what's best for my kids. And if you don't want to do that, that's on you, you know? And, um, I, I feel like schools, schools always have money for things that they want to do. And I think that, you know, when we fundraise our money, I'm going to put it where I feel like it puts our kids in the best position to be successful. And if other people don't want to fundraise the money to buy those things, or they don't want to work hard enough or figure out how they work it bad enough, then that's on them. And that's fun. I think our kids see that our kids want to see that and they need to see that. And our kids, it's a lot easier for them to buy into what I'm telling them when we do that. You know, I don't have the problem anymore with our kids wanting to be in the weight room. And that's a great thing. And I think it's because, you know, once a month or once every two weeks, we're going to pull out that dasher system and we're going to see how much faster you are. And it's cool. They think it's cool. Like a stopwatch doesn't impress anybody anymore, but that dasher system, man, it looks neat. And those kids want to be a part of that stuff. And especially in our area, like they can go down the road and watch Jason Aldean play at the amp, or they can go do all kinds of stuff. There's, there's all kinds of things to do. So if I'm not interesting and I'm not bringing kids in, the program is not going to do well and the kids aren't going to want to be there. And at that point, you know, a little bit selfishly, I'm going to be out of the job. So I think there is a need now more than ever to have those things from a standpoint of it's interesting and it's a unbiased metric that I can trust and they can believe in. And it's not just objective. It's not just coach Pearson doesn't like me or whatever. Um, it's, Hey, and this happened this year. Hey coach, why am I not on kickoff anymore? Well, when we tested last week, you ran 15 miles an hour. This kid ran 17. He is now on kickoff because he is faster than you. And he couldn't say anything about it. You know, and mom and dad couldn't say anything about it because it's not, it's not me. Hey, run faster. Oh, how do I do that? You do X, Y, and Z, what we tell you in the weight room. And then when we run, you run with the intent to run as fast as possible. So that's what I, I love that stuff. Now we don't necessarily have the setup for the accommodating resistance that I would like. Uh, the, the racks that were ordered before I was hired aren't conducive to that yet. Um, I would have to modify them a little bit, but you know, our dynamic work, you know, and, I stole this from you. Hey, you got six seconds, but you got 50% of the weight uh, of your max on the bar, get as many reps as possible. So they're going to move it fast. Or, hey, you've got six reps, move it as fast as you can move it. Get done as fast as possible. And all of a sudden, it becomes dynamic. So I think that that's a way to incorporate that in a safe manner. Um, But they're also prepped to do that. I'm, I'm not going to advise somebody 
to do that or to start using bands or chains that, that they don't have experience with it. Like you either need to go and watch somebody do it or you need to do it. You need to be the guinea pig and they need to have somebody explain to them what it's going to feel like. You know, they need to have an intimate knowledge of what it's going to feel like to use chains, to use bands. Cause it's a different world when you've got an active force it's a different world. You know, you put, you put a bar on your back to do back squat. It's just dead weight. You put a band on there. That's, that's a live monster. You better be tight and you better know what to do with it. Because if you don't, that thing's going to eat you alive. Um, so, but then it also teaches kids, Hey, I've got to have a certain level of intensity and attention to detail that they're not going to have if they just live in the natural world, you know? I like to talk about bands being pulled down, that that is a abnormal force. It's going to accelerate faster than what the natural world will make it. So it prepares you to overperform when you don't have it. So, um, but it's possible. You got to have somebody that knows what to do and cares enough to do it, you know, and I've, I've, I've been a high school strength conditioning coach at a six, a school here in Arkansas uh, at two different ones. And I've always been somewhat disappointed with our middle school training because I would give them the plan. This is what they need to do. This is how you need to do it. And then when I would go to watch them implement it, they assumed I was there to run it. And I can show you how to do it. And I can run it, but I can't be there every day. And so I was always frustrated with, well, well, we just can't, I would always get the excuses, right? Like, well, we can't do it because of this, or they're just seventh graders, blah, blah, blah. And so when I took this job, I said, I'm going to find out whether it's them or whether it's the coach. And I'm going to be honest, about 85% of the time, it's the coach. So kids, kids are like, like hunting dogs. You know, there's a guy back, back home who's kind of like my grandpa. He's an old army ranger, Vietnam vet, and he has hunting dogs. And kids and hunting dogs or athletes and hunting dogs are the same. They will do what they are trained to do and they will meet the expectation that is there for them to meet. And if they aren't given expectations and they aren't held to a certain standard, they won't, they'll go do what they want to do. And, you know, Nick Saban's, says a lot of the times like if you want to be successful you don't have a lot of choices well and and we talk to our kids about that through our character development when it comes to being that there's going to be usually one or two maybe but more often than not there's going to be a choice that's going to either make you successful or it's not and so you've got to have somebody at that seventh grade eighth grade level that knows what to do, how to do it, and it matters enough to them to do it with meeting the adversity that it's going to come. Because those 7th and 8th graders, they're inexperienced. They are um, oblivious to the world around them. And they're dealing with more things with less experience than anybody else that you're going to have throughout your day. And you have the same problems every year. so that guy's got to have not just the endurance to deal with it on the day-to-day, but he's got to deal with that year after year after year. 
You know, my seventh graders that came in our first year had the same problems as this year's seventh graders as the group before them. And so, but with that, the advantage of that is that you know what the problems are going to be more often than not. And so if you know every year, I'm going to have kids with tight hips, I'm going to have kids with loose shoulders, and I need to be able to fix that. Kids are going to have mobility issues. Well, then you can put in place processes to fix that. And if you don't, in this day and age, if you don't fix that, you're just lazy. And I hate to say that, but there's, it's 2023. There's more information out there and more avenues to get information. So if you don't know it, ignorance is no excuse. Like, cause it's out there. There's podcasts galore. There's books go everywhere. You know, you don't have to go and buy a paper copy of a book. There's PDFs, there's eBooks, there's all kinds of things. Go learn it. Figure out what works best in your situation and do it. No, I love that. And you're absolutely right. We're, we are an information overload right now. And, and I just got said something a little bit ago. Like, what's this? Like, I don't know. We're going to figure it out, though. Um, yeah. I'm constantly trying to, to find that next advantage, you know, to, uh, to separate yourself. Kind of wrapping up and, 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 and just kind of, in that same lane and kind of along those lines, give a strength coach a shout out, you know, somebody who's doing a really, really good job right now that, that is doing just that is, is, uh, you know, giving their athletes everything they, that they can, giving them the best uh, chance for success. Who's somebody out there right now? They can, you know, it can be anybody from Arkansas who, you know, doesn't matter who's, who's killing it and who you want to give some love to. Well, I'm probably going to give you two guys because I don't know. We just these two guys are guys that I lean on and and we talk to each other constantly. Um, one one of them is is John Simmons at Marion, and he's a he's a former collegiate guy. I was at Ole Miss, um, and he's a he's a good strength coach. He he's a phenomenal strength coach. But what what I love about John is that John is positive, you know, and and, and we we both everybody has their days of negativity, but there's just you need people in your life where you are gonna have a positive feeling or interaction with them every time. And he does that for his athletes. He does that with his coaches. He does that with other strength coaches. He he's a pleasure to be around. You know, he loves his kids and does what's best for them um, and builds the relationships with them. Uh, he, he does a great job at Marion and I, I'm glad that he's a good friend of mine and he does a great job. The other guy is Price Holmes. Um, you know, and when people call me and say, Hey, are you interested in this job? Or, you know, do you know anybody? I, I always tell them if, if you don't talk to Price Holmes to be your strength coach, you're an idiot. Because if I was hiring a strength guy, he's the first guy I'm going to call. Um, and not not necessarily because I think he's the smartest guy or like anything like that. But, but he has a heart for people. He has an intimate knowledge. He, he works out. He trains and all those things. So um, and then he also is eager and humble to learn. You know, he he may not know it, 
but he is going to go find somebody who does and he's going to learn from them. And he he's one of the most humble people I know in the strength game or football. Uh, and then that's, that's a, it's, it's hard to find guys like that in our, our industry um, as coaches sometimes, you know, to find people who are humble, especially because he doesn't have to be, um, you know, he's a division, former division one athlete. He's coached in the sec. He uh, has done a great job. He's had multiple division one, division two athletes come out of Batesville. Um, you know, Batesville is one of the, the historic programs here in Arkansas for football and athletics. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a sport oriented community. And um, so he, he doesn't have to be humble, but he is. Um, and he's probably going to fight me next time I see him for saying that about him. Uh, but I mean, he's, he's a great guy that loves his kids and loves the people that he works with and loves his community. So um, it's, those, those are two of the guys that, that always impress me. Yeah, I know those are two really, really good guys. You know, John is, is, has posted some stuff and he's getting uh, superhumanly strong right now. And I'm kind of, he's jealous. a monster. He's a mountain. He, uh, and he's got a great, <laughs> um, it's a really, really good setup. Yeah. Of course, you know, I was out there last, yeah. uh, last spring and got to hear Price talk and, and share, we actually shared a room together. And, uh, yeah, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah, no, two awesome dudes out there right now who are killing it. And, uh, and that's really, really cool, man. Well, Hey, listen, we'll wrap this thing up. And, uh, I just want to say thanks to John Mark for the opportunity. And it's always, it's always a pleasure you know, talking with you. Uh, you guys are coming out in a couple of weeks and I'm excited about that. You know, we'll train a little bit, eat, eat a lot of bit and, uh, you know, fellowship. Oh, yeah be really really fun so looking forward to that but but again man i appreciate it thanks so much and and uh best of luck and moving forward and i say that i mean we're going to talk probably next week you know but but anyway yeah <laughs> um, appreciate it man good stuff thanks so much for sharing awesome keep killing appreciate it. it it was a blessing coming on here thanks man hey i just want to chime in real quick while both of you are still here um couple of things. One, Monty, are we still having that uh, steaks and weights clinic coming on? Uh, that's to be determined. We're uh, working out some logistical things, but uh, hopefully yeah. we can get it ironed out. That's That would be really, really fun to do. I think that'd be a blast. I think, I mean, just having that small interaction on Twitter, you know, I think we had like eight or nine different coaches, like, hell yeah, let's go. Let's do this thing. I mean, oh, yeah. that, that, that was a, uh, that was awesome. I, I hope that turns out to be something. <laughs> uh, second thing is, is that, uh, Monty, I, I, I need to get you some conjugate jets, uh, apparel. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm looking at that and I'm super jealous right now. Cause that's, ah, uh, yeah, sweet, that was uh, the first thing I noticed. But, uh, yeah. Um, and the, the crew is a. That's it wouldn't a good be too, too hard to set up a store, you know, to to, to set up some kind of online store. That wouldn't be too hard to do. No, I actually got one on. Uh, so the Conjugate Chats has a website, and then they have like a store where it does all that stuff, and that's where I got this from. It was a test product, so I went on there, and I think I paid like five, ten dollars for this, and they sent it to me. And um, but awesome. yeah. But I'm thinking about doing that on the website, having a link out there, say, hey, you want a crew neck, you want a hoodie, you want this. 
and then uh, and then you know guess yeah, I, I, guess wise like y'all give y'all code your own like code where you can get like fifty percent off. Yeah. Well, it's not not like thirty dollars. Awesome. It's like fit like fifteen. So, um, awesome. I, I I just saw the um, the Iron Giants podcast. Like I need to get Monty some. Uh, yeah, so. I'm actually repping the Iron Giants right now. Nice, <laughs> nice. I just put a shirt. I just woke up, put a shirt on, man. I just first hand grab. Hey, hey, it is what it is. I get it. I wore that same shirt the other day, so yeah, it's comfortable, man. These shirts are comfortable. It is. It really is. Well, thank you again, Dalton, for coming on and just hey, no problem being a great guest, Monty. Absolutely killing it being a podcast host uh one day you might see him make his own it may be about stakes it may be about waste it might be even about both but uh yeah thank you both so much and um to all our listeners out there um follow the conjure chats on twitter and tiktok at the conjure chat podcast also um follow dalton and monty as well if you have not already so name straight Stay strong and have a day today.